0: It's good to see you. We are continuing our series that started out just three weeks, a three-week series, I told you, called A Balanced Life. How balanced are we? Because we've spread it out over, uh, this is week five, I think? Yeah, so anyway, it just goes to show we need some balance, don't we? So the f- initial focus was uh, a balanced life. The focus was God created us as spirit, soul, and body. So we took each one of those and, and talked about how to have balance and, and the difference between spirit, soul, and body and just the dynamics of how we think and how we wrestle with struggles in life. This morning, the message is called Relationship Balance. Don't, please don't raise your hand, but how many of you need balance in that area? Okay, relationship balance. So I'd like you to do something a little different. Let's all stand for the reading of 1 Timothy chapter 4, 7 and 8. You ready? One, two, three. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, that it encourages, it challenges, it corrects. Lord, I pray that you'd minister and meet the needs that are in this room. Those listening online, Lord, encourage, challenge, guide them as well as us. Those in the courtyard, Lord, bless them during this message in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, if you're in the court you go ahead and sit down. If you're in the courtyard, let's hear a big hearty amen so we can hear you inside. Amen. Okay. All right. Let's try that again. If you're in the courtyard this morning, I know you can hear me. Nobody say anything in here. But if you're in the courtyard, let's hear a big hearty amen. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. If you're online, can you say Amen. We'll just assume you did. Thank you. (laughs) Praise God. So we're talking about a balanced life and relationship balance. That's our focus. Relationships are connections to other people. And they have the potential of being some of the most rewarding experiences that we have in life. But they can also be the most painful. Isn't that right? And so... This morning, the focus is on those relationships that are most close to us. They bring fulfillment, but they can and have the potential, as I said, to bring the most pain. So it's important to take time to work. Can you say work? Work. To work on relationships in our life. And that's right, I use the word work. I know that's not a popular (laughs) word, but... I want you to look at this next verse this morning. It's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. It says, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Work to maintain peace. So it takes a lot of hard work to be relationally fit, to be relationally balanced. And here's why. There, there's nothing more important than investing in the lives of other people. That's what Jesus did. He came to this earth over 2,000 years ago and he invested his life in us. Thank God for that, right? But listen, I want you to understand something. I talk a lot about legacy and legacy is what you leave behind. The legacy you leave and hopefully a good legacy, but your legacy won't determine, is not determined rather, by your career, by what you do for a living, your vocation. It's not determined by your wealth, it's not determined by stuff, by the things you've accumulated. Uh, Your legacy in the end is going to be determined by the investment you made in the lives of other people. That's the truth, that's the hard truth. And and it'll be determined by how you develop uh, the relationships that are around you. And oftentimes, unfortunately, People get so caught up in career and, and attaining things and gaining wealth and climbing the ladder. And of course, the motives are pure. They t- I would say for the most part, the motives are, are good. Maybe not in all cases, but for the most part, the motives are good. Yeah, I want to be established so I can support my family and take care of the things, the necessities at home. And yet, a lot of times that gets or relationships get put on the side burner in fact relationships get the leftovers when you're so driven to to climb and to to get successful and success is a good thing and I believe that God desires us to to live in a successful way spiritually with him and with others but sometimes our relationships get the leftovers wouldn't you agree with that and so relationship balance requires a a number of things and I want to share with you this morning what I would say are they're equally important. There's a number of things I'm going to share with you that are equally important. I've got them numbered but they're not necessarily because number one's more important than number two or three. They're equally important and so the first one is this. The first connection you and I need to make to have balance in our relationships is this. I must connect with those who are most important to me. I, you got to connect with people that are most important to you and i'm not i'm not talking about a large group of people I, i'm really talking about those most important to you two three maybe at the most five like the inner inner circle could obviously be some family members right very dear and close friends and and so here's what we've got to re- recognize our most important relationships although they have the potential of bringing great joy. They also have the potential of being damaged and the most difficult to repair, really. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, too. I have it on the screen. It says, Paul's talking to the church in Ephesus, and he says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Boy, some of us need like a neon sign that that verse just flashing like right before, you know, the blood pressure's spiking up and you know, you're about ready to pounce, right? You're about ready to get into it and all of a sudden that verse flashes. It flashes in front of your face and it says, be completely humble. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you need that? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And here's why we're more likely to hurt those who are most important to us because we're closer to them. It's just easier to screw up with people that you're close with. You're vulnerable. Your guard is down. Sometimes you say things you wouldn't normally say to others. You're less guarded, and and you're more vulnerable. And many times they know your secrets. You know their secrets, and no one else does. And... And because they're important to us, their opinions, the things that they say, are, carry more weight. It, if something is said that you take offense to, it, it wounds deeply. We're, in other words, if someone from the street or off the street or walking by you says something derogatory, you just blow it off, they don't know you, right? But somebody that you're close with, that close inner circle when something is said that has that sense of being hurtful, it, it hits you at a deeper level. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And so, while the, that inner circle of two, three, at the most five, brings the most joy, it can also bring some of the most pain, painful moments in our life. And so, there's a connection that steps that I want to kind of break down even further now. Connecting with, imp- with others is important, but I want to break that down into what I call relationship or relational habits. You know, there's habits that are bad and there's habits that are good. I'm not going to talk about the bad habits. I'm going to talk about the, the good habits. And, and I want to tell you that these habits that I'm going to share with you They're not easy. In fact, they're not natural. In fact, it's natural for us to do just the opposite of what I'm going to share with you. And and the first one, relational habit, that I want to encourage you this morning to begin to practice if you're not practicing already is patience. 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 And some of you are going, would you just get through the message? (laughs) Patience. 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 I love new Christians. Pastor Steve, would you pray for me? Well, sure, I'd love to pray for you. How how would you like me to pray for you? Well, I need patience. And i like, oh, whoa. You know, if I pray for you for patience, God's going to put some things in your life that are going to, you know. You sure you want? Be careful what you ask for, right? Patience. Proverbs, the wisdom writer in Proverbs says it this way. Proverbs 16, 32. He says, better to be patient than Powerful. It's been ingrained in our Western culture. Be powerful. Be all you can be. Strive. Strive. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Some of you are thinking, maybe, you're watching online and you're thinking, you know, I'm just naturally an impatient person. I'm just impatient. I don't like silliness. I, don't, I just don't tolerate a lot of whatever you don't tolerate. And I'm just wired that way. I'm impatient and and that's okay. Well, wait a minute. That's not okay. It's not okay because it's not a mistake that in Galatians chapter 5 in the New Testament that patience is listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit. Impatience is not. But patience is, and in other words, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, when Jesus is in your heart and he comes into your life, one of the things he does is he supernaturally begins to develop in your life this thing called patience. It truly happens. Patience with other people. So I want to ask you a question. Are you impatient with people that are closest to you? Are you impatient with them? If so, may I say that you're hurting them? Your impatience hurts them. And not only that, you're gradually creating distance in that relationship. When you're impatient with those closest to you, you're creating distance. It's, it's creating hurt, it's causing division. And so I have an assignment. Now, first service failed the assignment. I have an assignment for you, and I'm going to give you a try. How many of you like homework, first of all? Raise your hand. Oh, my gosh. You guys are terrible. You don't like homework? Wow. So you failed. You failed. You got an F on homework. Listen, you didn't get an F. I'm going to throw you a grace card, and this is it. This week, I want you to practice being patient with those that you love. Would you do that? How many would would try that, attempt that? Amen. That's better. I like seeing those hands go up. Now the second one, the second habit I want to share with you to help, to encourage you to develop, it, it gets even harder. I'm sorry. It gets harder. The first one was patience, right? The second one is forgiveness. Forgiveness. I know. It's not an easy one. It really isn't. And uh, now it's important because some of you are really good at holding grudges and keeping score. Yeah, well, I remember 45 years ago when you said, I know none of you do that. But uh, listen, unforgiveness is devastating when it comes to dealing with the people that are most important to you. And it's inevitable, as I've stated in a different way, it's inevitable in a relationship that you're going to fight. It's just going to happen. Now, come on, man. Come on, be serious. Now, we, Catherine and I, when we were young and married, and we had some friends that we got such a friendship with him that we started to camp out with, or we did a camp out with him and stuff, but I, I'll be honest with you, they irritated me. <laughs> and um, I, I wanted to develop a buddy relationship with the guy, and I just had a hard time doing that, and it was irritating, annoying, because I would say, hey, how's it going? Oh, everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. I said, come on, man. Everything can't be perfect. I got to quit saying that, come on, man, huh? Anyway, I don't know where I heard. I don't know where I heard that, but um, but listen, everything's not perfect. Yeah, everything's perfect. Are you never getting in scuffle with your wife, disagreeing? No, 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 no. Perfect relationship. Everything's perfect. Man, that used to annoy me. It did. It did. Well few years went by, we lost track of him. And uh one day well. you like how I did that? Yeah. And uh Great. I opened the door and this disheveled, shaggy, chain-smoking guy standing there. I did like, yeah, how, what's up? How can I help you? Hey, it's so and so and he said his name and I recognized him at that point and we started talking, and he began to share how he'd lost all his money. He was a pretty wealthy guy. Lot, his wife and him split up, and everything's bad, and he's just down and out, and he was going on and on and on, and I, it just it blew my mind. And I s- couldn't resist, and I wasn't trying to be mean, but I thought, I said, well, wait a minute. I thought you said everything was perfect. I thought you, you told me day after day things were perfect. You had no problems. You never argued with your wife. He goes, yeah, that wasn't true. I wasn't really being transparent. I said, well, I thought we were friends. I mean, I could have been praying for you. We could have been helping you out somehow. And, and yet, sometimes it's a situation where pride gets in the way of forgiveness. Pride gets in the way of just including people in your life relationally that are close to you that can help you. But so many times people put this facade that everything's good and everything's going great and sometimes they're really hurting. And so I want to encourage you if you're that situation going on in your life um, tap into those close to you and just say, hey, pray for me, man. I'm going through it right now. I'm really going through it right now. What happens when you don't forgive is anger, bitterness begins to well up and you hurt yourself more than the person you're angry or holding a grudge or bitter towards or having a hard time forgiving. And many, many times they're not even really aware. Uh, they've just blown off what they've done and it doesn't even concern them. Yet it's eating you up. It's not healthy at all. And refusing to forgive uh, not only divides the relationship that you have with people that you care about, but more importantly, it divides the relationship that you have with God. That's more important. Look what Matthew chapter 6, 14, and 15 says. This is Jesus talking. He says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, listen to what it says. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you, but if you do not forgive others their sins, their trespasses... Neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So when you don't forgive, you're hurting your relationship with God. And you might be thinking right now, Pastor Steve, you don't have any idea that the pain that I've experienced, the hurt, the deep level pain I was victimized. And there's, what they did is unforgivable. And how dare you say that I cannot have a good relationship with God or my relationship with God is, is somehow not good because I can't forgive them and I won't forgive them. You might be thinking that and feeling that. And, and I want you to know something. You're right. You're right. You can't forgive them. God can give you the supernatural power. The Bible says He gives you the power to forgive. Super, It says supernatural power to forgive and to love. In and of yourself, you cannot do it. You cannot muster up the ability to forgive somebody of of what they've done that hurts so deeply and they never asked for forgiveness and they've just gone off and lived their life and destroyed other people's lives. How can you forgive somebody like that? God can give you supernaturally the ability to forgive. And I'm reminded of a real life scenario that I read and heard about that I'll share with you. Some of you are familiar with Corey Ten Boom, right? She was part of the, the Holocaust, and most of her family was killed in the death camps and by the Nazis, and she survived that. And she was speaking here in, Ca- I think it was in California, and she was at an event, and, and guess what she was talking about? Guess what she was sharing? Not only only her experience, but forgiveness. And she was just finishing her message of sharing her testimony and what she'd gone through. And she noticed a man, a very stoic-looking, stiff man, older gentleman in the audience. And right away it triggered a memory. She recognized him. Although many years had passed, she recognized this guy. He was a prison guard in the death camp that she was at. He was part of... uh, her her sister being killed and and at the end of her message, I mean, this things going on why many pastors preach and teach and even teachers teach. Sometimes there's this whole other drama going on in your head, and certainly that was happening with Corey Ten Boom because she was thinking, oh my Lord, all these feelings of what she went through in the death camp began to come up to the top and 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 then when she closed the message, he got up out of his seat and he started walking toward her, forward. And it was at that moment in her mind, she's praying, oh, Holy Spirit, give me the ability to do what I just got done, sharing to forgive. I can't do it, I can't do it, but God, I need your intervention right now. And each step, her prayers intensified until they were face-to-face. And he confronted her, he said, do you believe what you taught? And he asked for forgiveness there. And she forgave him. I really believe that it's God that gives us the supernatural. Supernatural. That took supernatural effort on God's part on Corey's life to forgive this man. When you forgive, you release a blessing, a blessing from God to free you up it's a blessing to the person whether they deserve it or not. That's not the question. It frees you up. Amen? Do you have unforgiveness in your heart right now? Is there someone you're you're holding a a grudge against? I want to challenge you right now for your own good and, and for the relationship that you have with people. And more importantly, the relationship that you have with God. Ask God to give you the ability to forgive. I told you it wasn't going to be easy. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. God can. You see, to us, I can't. I I can't. We find ourselves saying that at every turn. Oh, I, I can't about anything and about everything. But with God, God can. He can. Now the third decision you can make as far as developing a habit to connect in a positive way with people most close to you is positivity. One of the biggest roadblocks to successful relationships is negativity. And this is what I mean by that. Often we catch ourselves with a with a motive of sincerity and and a pure motive, like, I need to help this person that I love by telling them like, Hey, you messed up. You didn't do that right. I'm trying to help them be better. You see. And it listen, it's done with a good motive. You want them to be better. But as it intensifies, it just, sometimes that's all that's being heard. You're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. And that constant critiquing and constant correcting, although it's done out of a heart of benevolence to point them in the right way, uh, you're hoping to make them better, right? You're hoping to make them better. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Let me explain. Here's what happens. When you're constantly negative and critiquing, eventually you're going to stop seeing the person's positive traits. You'll stop seeing them. And and altogether, uh, you'll get consumed with the things that are wrong in their life. And it was all done not out of malice, out of wanting what's best for them. And the result isn't good. When you only see the negative in those who are most close to you, the affection that you once held for that person, it gradually begins to disappear, and you and you like them less and less and less. You see, you have to make it a pro- a practice to be positive. You have to practice to find the positive traits and say something good about that person. And if you're thinking right now, like, I can't think of anything good about them, <laughs> you know. Then you've actually gone to a very dangerous place in your mind because there are good things that they do and that they are in their life. And so instead of pointing out the faults and all the places that they are wrong, to pr- praise them. And let me, let me tell you, you can take this to the bank. Listen, you can take this to the bank. They've done studies on this. Point out, begin to point out the good things. And I, and I don't mean like this, like, hey, your hair looks a lot better today than it did <laughs> yesterday. No, 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 you're not, you, you're not taking the right notes here today, if you did. But they've done studies on this. When you begin to point out and affirm people, their behavior starts to change. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. So I want to give you another assignment. And I know none of you raised your hand when I asked you if you like homework. But I'm going to give you homework anyway. Take some time this week to point out some positive things in those that you hold dear in your life. Is that reasonable? Amen. And I want to look at the second point this morning about relationship balance. Number two, connect with others in in the church. Why is this so important? Because the number one disease in America right now is a social disease. It's called loneliness. And it's painful. Psychologists have a term for it. They call it crowded loneliness. You can be in a crowd of people and still feel isolated, still... Feel alone. Loneliness hurts and it doesn't feel good. And it's because we were not meant to be alone. We were meant to be in community with others. God created us in such a way to be in community. And so when you're feeling alone, it feels bad because it's not what God intended. And so... The challenge this morning is really an assignment. If you're not plugged in to a midweek study, it's a great place because like right now on Sunday mornings, it's not participatory. I, like, I love the amens and the hallelujah. I like the feedback. I love that. It helps the preacher preach. But in a small group, you have that interaction that you don't have on, in the Sunday morning context. And so the assignment is, if you're not already plugged into a midweek study, go to the website, eagleridge.church, and under the tab Grow, there's a scroll down. One says Small Groups. On that Small Group page, you'll see a number of what we, our small groups, our home groups are called Nest Groups. You can kind of figure that out, right? Eagle Ridge Church, Nest Groups, right? And that Nest actually stands for something that I don't have time to get into right now. But our home Bible studies are called Nest Groups. And we've, we've even got one that's a Zoom study that's very successful that uh, Greg and Su- Susan Roper lead. But we've got other Nest Groups that meet on different nights. But in addition to that, on that same page, you'll find us two spots that would you like to open your home up to a Bible study? What a great way to have, like, nobody ever calls me, nobody visits me, I don't have any friends. I'm going to open my home up for a Bible study. And all of a sudden you've got people in your house and you've got new friendships being developed. So maybe you want to think about or pray about hosting a Bible study. And then there's another spot on that home group page on our website, You get to it by hitting grow, and it scrolls down, small groups. There's another spot for maybe you are interested in facilitating, leading a Bible study. So I want to encourage, if you're not already plugged in, look at what's available right now. We also would like to grow groups. As we grow, we want to become smaller. And what I mean by that is the the way for great relationships and intimacy at that level is to have small groups, that Sunday school vibe where you get, you know, anywhere from six to 12, 15 people in a group, there's a lot of interaction going in and it's a Bible, guided Bible study. So I want to just encourage you to do that. Connect with others in the church. Look what it says in Acts chapter 2, 46 through 47, it says, day by day, attending the temple together, And breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. So maybe you don't have access to get online or we have those connection cards in the back. They're the white postcard. And there's a spot on the back of that card that says my next steps. There's a spot for you if you're interested in a small group. Fill that out and we'll make sure we'll help you, assist you getting into a small group. And the last point this morning is that I want to make is connect others to God. Connect others to God. What a great relational thing that you can do. There's a lot of programs out there and we've done them all over the years. Eagle Ridge Church has been alive for for 28 uh, years. It'll be 29 years in July. And we've done a lot of different evangelistic programs. We've taught people how to lead people to Christ. Every Sunday I typically pray the sinner's prayer and I'm modeling that so when you have an opportunity and one of your friends says, hey, I want what you got, you, you know how to pray with them. But I think putting programs to the side and processes to the side of how to lead somebody to Christ, I... I can't think of a better way to impact somebody towards Christ than having a relationship, building a relationship with them. Sharing the most important thing in the entire universe with somebody, their eternal salvation, eternal place in heaven or hell would be the other way that nobody would want to go. So it's an important thing. And I really believe that when you connect with people relationally, you've earned the right to be heard. Now, I know some people get saved from street preachers and different events, such as the one I got saved at, but I think developing relationships with people that you love, there's trust involved there, and you can share that very important, deeply important to you, your salvation, and so that's a a relational thing, habit, I should say, not a thing, but a habit that I want to encourage you to develop. Uh, the most important connection you can make relationally, hands down, is your relationship with God. That's the most important relationship. When you get that right, then everything else begins to line up. And my closing verse is really a memory verse. I have it on the screen, John 15, 12 through 13. This is my commandment that you love one another. As I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And I know who that someone is. He laid his life down for you and I, that we could live. And not just, you know, prod through each hour of each day and, and barely get by. God desires us to live the abundant life. He has so much for you and I that He's done for you and I. But it starts with a relationship. And I want to give you that opportunity right now. Would you bow your heads? The most important relationship, bar none, is a relationship with God. There's nothing more important than that. And you can start that relationship if you're watching online. Don't go anywhere. This is the most important part of the message. Give your heart to Jesus Christ. Receive forgiveness of all the sins you've ever committed, all the sins you will commit. God will write your name in his book. We're all going to stand before the Lord. None of us know how many days we have. But what you'll want to hear is, enter in my good and faithful servant. It starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not a religion. It's not a philosophy. It's a relationship. Father, I lift up each and every person that's watching online, each and every person that's here in the sanctuary, all of those in the courtyard today. And Lord, we come to you this morning. We just thank you for your word, for your encouragement. this topic of relationships and lord we all realize i realize the most important relationship is the one that starts with with you a relationship not a religion so god i pray right now if there's someone here who has not begun a relationship with you that they give their heart to you and make You, Jesus, their Lord and Savior, receiving forgiveness of sins. If if there's someone here who uh, who has drifted away, maybe started a relationship with you, but they're not walking with you the way they should, Lord, I pray today would be the day they would rededicate their life to the Lord. If that's you this morning, if you'd like to give your heart to the Lord, Jesus, for the first time or rededicate your life to the Lord, inside, out in the courtyard, watching online, just in an act of faith, With you, would you raise your hand right now? God can see you. And those who I can see, I can see. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Raise your hand. God bless you in the back. I see you. If you raised your hand in the courtyard, God sees you. Praise God. If you raised your hand, and maybe you didn't raise your hand this morning, but you know you should have. It's not too late to say this prayer and I'd like everybody to say this prayer inviting Christ to be the Lord and Savior let's go dear Jesus I'm a sinner and I ask you for your forgiveness thank you for forgiveness Jesus I believe in you I believe that you died on the cross I believe you rose from the grave I now ask you to be my Lord and Savior In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Praise God. Amen. Listen, if you gave your heart to Jesus Christ for the very first time, I want to welcome you to the family of God. Let's give the Lord a hand. If you're online watching in the courtyard or even here in the sanctuary, there's a couple of things you can do. If you're online, there's only really one thing you can do. Text the word pray. If you prayed to receive Christ, text the word pray to the number that you see on the screen right now. Uh, Those here on campus, you can do the same thing. Text the word pray to the number you see on the screen. The other thing you can do is fill out a connection card. Give me your information and then on the back of the card it says my next steps. Remember I talked about that earlier. There's a spot for what you did, the commitment you made. Fill that out. And also... If you do not have a Bible, let me know. I've got a gift Bible I'd love to give you if you don't have a Bible. Let's all stand to our feet. Praise team's going to close us in a song. It's been a blessing, and I want you to know next week I'm going to be sharing uh, the conclusion, God willing, to a balanced life series, Love Balance. So I'm going to take the relationship message today, to the next level, and we're going to talk about how to love people, what that looks like, real love, and what that looks like, and how fitting for Valentine's week, right? Amen? Well, the praise team will close you out. God bless you.